0: everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. Oh, yeah, I have more lines. My name is Brad Nelson, <laughs> and today I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Corey BMTG.
1: What is up, bro? You know, Brad, I just got our two-year Facebook anniversary of us starting the Bash Bros Podcast. <laughs> and let me tell you, you just get better and more professional every single week, Brad. It's, it's just an honor to be a co-host with you. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. I do try every week to get through each episode. You succeed, buddy. <laughs> and also, I st- I have this down, though. I know this one like the back of my hand, because you can find this podcast on Poppy and iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher.
1: God, you crush it every time. Every single time. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, but, you know, be- before before we get into anything too-, too awesome, we've got some awesome things to talk about this week. Uh, we do have to announce our special guest, and we actually got a heavy hitter this week. Oh. Uh the actual most winning MPL member in League Play weekend from this past weekend, and it's none other than Mr. Brian Brown doing. BBD, how's it going, bro?
2: Two fucking years. Two years. Been two this podcast has been, been going years. on for two years. Longest Mm -hmm. years of my life, and I'm not even a member of the podcast. Jeez. (laughs) But it's going great, and I'm glad that you asked, Brad. Thank you so much. Uh, I have to issue a a small fix, though. You said I was the most winning MPL member of the League Weekend. That's not true.
0: Uh, Depends on what metric uh, you wanted to use. Sure. I think winning is
2: just winning
1: matches, though. I'm pretty sure that's a very set-in-stone
2: metric. I think so, too, and that was not me. See,
1: that's not (laughs) it. League Weekend...
0: All the it doesn't actually matter how many matches you win in leagues as long as you are ahead of other people. It's all so about the winning, friends you made along winning, the way. Winning? No, 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 no. We all fucking hate each other at this point. Um, it's it's about jumping people in spots. That's winning. And and you did the most leapfrogging of the weekend. Yeah,
2: I advanced the most positions relative to my previous position over the course of the weekend. Oh. Did not win the most matches.
1: But, so what is your what is your number up to, Mr. Brian?
2: Well, I'm
1: pr- Mr. Brian. Mr. Brian, to, <laughs> proud
2: to announce that I was in twenty third, maybe twenty second place in the league coming into the okay. weekend. Now okay. I'm tied for fourteenth.
1: Holy <laughs> shit,
2: that is a crazy jump. Yeah. So, Woo! I, I moved. I moved myself from relegation to now having only a small chance of not being relegated. You are the
1: best MPL player on this podcast by a lot, Brian, and it's an honor to share the mic with you.
2: Thank you, Corey (laughs) P. Yes, Yes, you're welcome. It's
1: underscore MTG, but, you know, get it right, please.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I will next time. Wait, wait,
1: did somebody get something wrong? (laughs) Yes, they did.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, that's that's interesting because we have a new segment on the podcast that we're introducing. Uh, I heard you can only start it after two years.
2: Okay. Oh, really? You know,
0: it's 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 a rule. Yeah, um, I like because issue. we've been so
1: right the first two years. Right? <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, because because yeah, you do everything correct for the first two years. Yeah, it's like a pass, right? Mm, okay. Um, and and then that is we we are starting a corrections corner now. What a corrections corner is is uh all of the errors we made the previous week we're going to you know fess up to them and own up to them because. You know, in this day and age, you know, we we're we're done with alternative facts. There are just facts.
1: Yeah, honest reporting—that's what we're about here on the Bash Bros podcast. So yeah, and and I believe that our special
0: guest last week did get something incorrect. Brian Bronduin, could you uh, please help us out with this first corrections corner?
2: Yeah, I'd like to issue a correction. So last week for our cast and crew, uh, for Filippo Scalannis, we said he was the uh, excuse me, I said that he was the remunerating. Executive chief technical utility manager. It was actually remunerating. And I said that I corrected it from remunerating to remunerating, not realizing that remunerating was a word. It actually Mm. is a word. I thought it was supposed to be remunerating, which is actually sort of a word. Not really, but you can kind of make it a word. So wish to offer my sincere apologies for that error. It probably will happen again.
1: I'm really
0: going (laughs) to go ahead, bro. I was just going to say, and you know, owning up to those mistakes really
2: reminates with me, Brian. Does it? Does it? Yes. Uh, Doesn't it renimate with you?
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Excuse me. It (laughs) reminates with me. Thank you. I'm really
1: reminating of all these mistakes I've made in the previous two years of this podcast. And I think this correction corner is going to be personally attacking me a large percentage of the time moving forward. So I'm terrified of this new segment.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I think adding this segment really uh, signifies the work that we do here. It's a bad idea to begin with, yes. and it goes
2: downhill from there. I'm definitely sh- randomissants like of podcast, the times yeah. where we never made mistakes, so. <laughs> that was the joke yes, I yes, already yes. made, Brian. What's that?
1: That was the joke, the joke I just made. just made.
2: Oh, was it?
1: Yeah, I'm I desk. literally said that. But I'm glad our brains are so connected that either I misspoke enough where you just made the same joke or, you know, you just wanted to amplify onto my joke. Either way, I think we're we're on the same page.
2: Gotcha. Great.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for our first questions corners. I think it
1: was an A plus, boys. I think it was I like think,
2: a uh, C to C minus. Yeah,
1: it wasn't great, but that's okay, <laughs> y'all. You know what was great? Your guys's performance in the MPL league play this last weekend. You both dominated. Let's let us let us chat about it a little bit.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in let me I'm 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 putting my uh sitting desk down. Hopefully oh. you can't hear that. Oh we I didn't dead. hear it. <laughs> okay. So um, I so I
1: guess let's start with BBD. So you went you moved up to 14th place. Yeah. But what was your total record? Eight and four. And you played Gruel, right? I did, yes. Yeah, that that does not seem like a BBD deck at all, mostly because I believe Kethis is Abzan colors, so <laughs> Uh, what, well, why, technically, why you play
2: is four-color, you...
1: <laughs> you sick son of a bitch.
2: I was thinking I mean, yeah, of it, well, I wasn't I was sure just... if I was allowed to say it. <laughs> Wait, what, what did you say? <laughs> it won't be repeated.
0: Um, okay, yeah, I missed it. I, I was going to say, though, like, you can't shear a sheep thrice, right?
1: What? All right, that's going to be Um, our next week's correction corner. (laughs) Man, we've already got like four correction corners already for next week, y'all. We're going to shear a sheep
2: (laughs) as many times as a sheep can be sheared. All right, Uh, yeah. So I played Gruel. I, of course, Gruel would never be one of the primary decks that I would want to play, but it seemed that Kethys was not a deck I was wanting to play this weekend because I felt that Graveyard Hate was on the rise. And I'm not sure that really was. I don't know if people really played that much Graveyard Hate in their decks. But um I just felt that with the presence of some new decks in the format that of course nobody played, like or I guess Matt Nass played it, sorry. Like the um uh, Paradox, the paradox combo. Yep. Yeah. A lot of those decks push are were more pushing people towards playing like cards like Leyline of the Void. Um, maybe some of the sacrifice decks as well. were pushing people that way. So Arcanist,
1: Arcanist deck for sure.
2: Yeah. The Arcanist deck too, which was picking up in popularity too. Uh, so I was worried about playing a deck that leaned into the hate that people were probably bringing, especially <clears> when <throat> that deck is already like not really a great deck in the format. Uh, so I, you know, I wanted to play Cathis just cause I enjoy it, but I knew it would, it would just be a very, probably a very bad choice if I did. Um, mm-hmm. so then I had to pick another deck and to me Gruul seemed like a deck that was very strong and also was, uh, not as difficult to jump into as some mm-hmm. of the other decks were where I would have to know all the interactions and, and so forth. And I did test Rakdos Arcanist a bit and I thought it was pretty bad. So then I fell back on gruel and from the little bit of time I played with Gruul, it, it it seemed very good. And so I was pretty happy with it going into the tournament. Like, I felt legitimately good going into this tournament, despite, okay. like, not being very prepared, not being very tested, and playing against some of the best players. Like, I felt like I had a legitimate chance of winning every match with Gruul, which I haven't always felt that way in some of these events, so.
1: Did you, uh, did you test with anyone or just uh, soloed it up again, or...?
2: Just soloed it up. Actually, uh, I talked with a number of people in the Bash Bros podcast Discord who were. Oh, really? Um, yeah, you were.
0: Yeah, actually. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah.
2: So they they actually helped me with the list a little bit. Like I wanted to play Hellrider and they told me to not play Hellrider. And <laughs> oh, granted, Hellrider, I think, could be very good in, in a list that looks like Martin Jesus with a lot more haste um
1: yeah the ash crop crashers and stuff like that yeah. was kind of the the spiciness i you didn't have
2: that did you i did not no but yeah honestly had i like i just took a list off of you know the internet or whatever and i made some mm-hmm. tweaks to it but did you find it on mtg melee i did yes <laughs> oh. perfect. all
0: right continue <laughs> uh
2: i took it off of mtg melee and I made some tweaks to it, but I think had I like, you know, had people that I was working a little earlier with, and had a consistent testing squad, uh, I would have loved to have a playlist that looked more like um, either what Paulo played or Martin played, because I think they had really good gruel lists. But
1: cool, cool. Well, yeah, I mean that's a that's a pretty good finish. You're putting yourself in the mix to at least get to like MPL Gauntlet now, right?
2: Uh yeah, right now I'm in the I would be playing in the Rivals Gauntlet if the season ended, um, which also gives you a shot at making the MPL, but it's it's a smaller chance. Uh, Wait, I, I thought
1: need... the worst thing that you could get from the MPL is just relegated to Rivals. Why would you have to? I, am I misunderstanding that? Oh, I, there's yeah.
2: four ways that you can finish a season. You can either okay. auto be auto relegated to Rivals, auto qualified for MPL, mm-hmm. or if you finish in like the top. Quadrant of the MPL, but you're not odd. Auto- like so, the first through fourth people in the MPL auto stay in. Yeah, and then it's that. like fifth through twelfth, I believe it is, play in the MPL Gauntlet, which okay. is go- is comprised of those five through twelve players and some of the top performing rivals players, and that is a chance to get into next year's MPL with a slightly higher chance of getting into the MPL and also I think a shot at Worlds too, maybe if I'm not mistaken. And then okay. if you're 13th through 16th, which is where I currently am, you get paired against. Uh, you're in the Rivals Gauntlet. So some a couple of MPL players and then a bunch of rivals will play in the Rivals Gauntlet. And performing well there will also get you into the MPL, but maybe doesn't. I, I think it's a, a lower chance, and you don't have like the same number of Worlds qualifications from it. Oh, and then okay. It, and then if you're if you finish 17th through 24th, you're auto relegated to rivals. So I jumped from so, being auto relegated to now being in the rivals gauntlet level of it.
1: And close so to gonna, MPL, you know, which is kind of sweet. Sorry, bro, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say,
0: the way that Brian was describing that reminds reminded me of uh, when, when somebody's like, uh, do you want to see the trailer to the movie? It's like, no, I'll just go to the movie before seeing the trailer. I don't want to be surprised. You know, I, I want to be surprised. Yeah. Like some, amount of people I think go to this one, but others go to that one. You know, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't exactly know how the system works. And I'm just kind of like, just each month doing what i have to do yeah yeah just play Not the really matches understanding the system yeah
1: <laughs> it seems easier to do that that's for sure one well, well, i just thought that was funny that's the same like i said
0: that the other day it's like oh i don't want to see the preview if you just if you say it's good i'll <laughs> just watch the movie
2: <laughs> <laughs> one last thing i'm gonna add is that i don't know if people were playing so i uh Man, now I just completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say Brad that... Brad just
1: derailed us with his uh, with his story.
2: How yeah. dare Whoa. you, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> so now let me derail with a semi-related story All even right. further. Now, I, I was going to say that um, I actually played a lot of really cool matches. And I don't know if I played well or not. But I kept mm. being in these matches where it was like really, really close to determine whether i was going to win or lose and i just kept winning all of them and i don't know if i was playing well to win those matches or if i was playing bad to like not have seen a better line earlier that would have kept me out of those positions or what it was Uh, but i just kept ending up in really like interesting close matches and it just every single time i would win them so I thought that was really cool. I mean, people can go back and watch if they're if they're super interested or not. But I don't know. I just thought it was cool that that's how it broke down. But did it light your matches?
1: Did it light your fire back up now that you've actually like succeeded at a tournament again? You know, realistically, that's just a tournament. Did it kind of ignite the fire once again, or uh, you know, is it just still feel kind of the same? No. <laughs> all right well uh you know whenever whenever you see an interviewer and they just have a yes or no answer it's just like all right where do you go from here uh next topic
0: <laughs> that reminds me what's that oh, That one that one interview i gotta find that again the best one with uh
2: oh god like, yeah i know what, i know what interview you're talking about i don't even remember who it was is it with
0: mark rosewater
2: Yes it was. Uh, yes it was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and someone else in that, he one, was interviewing yeah, that one European
2: some magic player, yeah.
0: Oh, uh, it's the best. We gotta find it and post it in the Discord. It's like the best interview ever. You have to see it, Corey. Uh, but I
2: mean, I feel uh, like every podcast, at least one
1: on time no, no. we stop and Google something and then and then talk about what we've Googled. So I mean, might as well, all right. All right, Mark Rose, <laughs> no. Water
0: interview. All
1: right, bro, but yeah, you did. Uh, you did really good as well. In fact, like, what you and Paulo tied for best record. I think Seth for too. The uh, day right or
0: Seth? Seth? Seth got that as well. Just yeah.
1: three people that went ten and two.
0: I think so, or maybe uh, Javier might have done it as well.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. Javier so, went. Me, Javier went eight and four. Oh, Javier went eight and four. Yeah, because we were we're on this. Javier and I are on the same trajectory. Like he's, uh, okay. did
0: you have the same points before? No,
2: he was two points ahead of me, but we were we were like in a similar spot and jumped the similar spot, uh, similar spot. Like okay. he was slightly ahead of me coming into the weekend, and he's still slightly. Yeah, you're right. Of him, so, so yeah,
0: it, it's just, what did you uh, play, Seth? Bro? Oh, okay. Yeah, Seth, uh, Seth, Paulo, and I all got ten points. Seth and I actually worked <laughs> together and we played John Sacrifice. Okay. Um, we actually like kind of killed it with. Uh, uh, kind of a limited amount of testing, but for like what, like, because Sunday before registration, Sunday or Monday, like we had to register, uh, Wednesday morning. And I think midday Monday is when we decided to get off of Gruel. And on, I really wanted to play Jund, which is interesting because, um, so we tested with, um, Stan, Ivan, and Andre Strowski.
1: Okay. So and, just and, that's normally not your normal people you test with stuff right or it's, it's actually been with?
0: the people i've been tested since this new season of MPL. that's who i've been testing with okay okay. Uh, besides except for the cha- for all the league weekends for the split championship i tested with cedric and um andrea just as like a team that came together two days before because i wasn't really testing yeah um because everyone else had the previous plans but this is who i've worked with for all the splits so would you
1: say after um, cedric and andrea you had to check yourself to uh uh, get a, a new did. testing team? I did. Okay. I did. Okay. All right, go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead, then.
0: <laughs> um, but, like, a lot of them wanted to play Gruel and I actually was kind of pushing against it and wanted to play Jund, but I didn't know how to build or tune the Jund deck, so I needed them to help because they all, like, like, they played a lot more Jund Sacrifice than I have.
1: Yeah, Um, Avon played it like multiple weeks, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Yeah.
0: like just, yeah, for a lot of tournaments over like the last six months. So, Mm -hmm. Um, but I kind of like, I kind of actually killed this metagaming. Um, Like early on, I just assumed that the only three decks were gonna be Gruul, Jund, and Sultai in the order of Sultai, Gruul, Jund. And while all the data points towards Jund being the second most played deck, if you remove my team, it's actually the third. So from our okay. standpoint, like, you know, the, the metagame is coming in at at Sultai Gruel Jund.
1: You didn't have Rakdos uh, on on the radar? Because the little I heard um, going in just from watching streams and stuff is people thought that Rakdos was just a better deck than Jund. I wasn't very immersed into it, but that's just, like, the talk I was hearing.
0: I mean, I, I just disagree with it. Because yeah. the problems, like, I understand, like, so there, people, you know, Coco's aren't always that good and people were arguing against and for Coco and arguing for Rakdos and against John. But the reality is, is like you're playing high, like high variance magic in, 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 in historic, the decks yeah. are super powerful. And so you want to match that with some kind of power. And I think Rakdos is a very underpowered deck.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's still playing um, like scroungers and shit, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah,
0: like I have a scrounger. We had a scrounger in the sideboard so we could board in like attackers <clears throat> in matchups where the synergies aren't going to be that good. Okay. But like, yeah, Rakdos deck has like way too much aggression and not enough actual true power. And Collective Company really helps that. Also, I really like, we just played two Gilded Goose and I really liked them.
1: Okay. Um,
0: instead of the four
2: you mean yeah that's that that was an odd number of geese like i i get that those sometimes the numbers break down that way i mean that's that's just how magic works like a lot of times you're always like wow they played like three of this or one of this or two of this and people are always like that's Mm -hmm. an oddball number but that's just how things break down where some amount of the time you know whatever but i i am curious how you guys came to just playing two gilded geese and i'm honestly super
1: curious how you did not submit nissa i mean that's just what you've been screaming from the rooftop for so long that i i think it's even crazy that when you were talking monday you switched off from gruel instead of like having Sultai on your radar at all you know So, well i had all three
0: all three of these for my
1: radar but i yeah. didn't
0: want to play Sultai because uh so let's just say i, I i'm trying this is the reason that i didn't play Sultai. so um, in this theoretical, that's kind of actually happened, but I put myself in this theoretical situation. Okay. I'm going to be a Soltai player, and my metagame is just Soltai, Gruel, and Jund. Build a 75 that beats Soltai, Gruel, and Jund, and I couldn't do it. Mm. I couldn't figure out a 75 because all three decks um, need three different types of cards. Yeah. yeah. Like your cries aren't that great against Gruel. They can be serviceable, but they're not that great. Your your hand disruption isn't good against all three your pinpointed removal and your sweepers against gruel aren't that good against jund or soltai Mm -hmm. and so you just you just keep going in circles and also these three decks are the three decks in the metagame that actually can attack anissa like they like not as good as it used to be um and and so because of all of this now i didn't get the doom whisper tech i don't know where it came from everyone had it though
2: yeah that was wild uh, are you being Every sarcastic s- no like i so no, i don't know where it originated from
0: but everyone had multiples
2: yeah like oh. i i was looking through decks on i i don't know like hmm. just looking through past list i i looked through a lot of Sultai decks and I really looked through decks of most of the top decks because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to play myself. But yeah, I didn't see Doom.
0: Oh shit, no, course. Oh shit, I I did it, didn't I? That's what I was totally saying. Is like yeah. you were always oh, yeah. the From Doom the Whisper Zendigo guy. Championship. Yeah, we well, played the one Doom Whisperer. Yeah, yeah, guys played
2: one, but that wasn't like. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, but that's not three in the main. That's not three I would, in the you main, know, I never yeah. thought about playing three May. But that was
1: that one, was but... the talk of the deck for that weekend was that doom whisper everyone kept asking on coverage and stuff like what is this card for and you know we just kept harping that it is just great in the mirror can't be aether gust can't be that so i think people just ran with that mentality and just said screw it we're expecting a lot of soul time mirrors are just going to play them in the main is where i would assume it's also it it's also very good but.
2: against gruel too like
1: and it's good against chund <laughs> Yeah, can't be claimed and stuff like that. So
0: Yeah, it just it bricked walled me. Actually yeah. I did win all the games that they played it on turn four. I don't know how, but I did. But yeah. um
2: I also beat it a bunch it too. Was... The 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 thing is is as that card is good against Gruel, but the Elder Gargaroth is so much better yeah that card is just absolutely messed up it, it is
1: kind of shocking to me that people didn't want to play gargaroth instead no but that's that's oh, the it can, problem it can that's, get gusted yeah yeah duh. that's oh, the course, problem yeah. it no. gets
2: gusted and it gets noxious grasp out of the other noxious grass, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. so like duh. doom whisper is the only one that's that dodges all three but the problem is that doom whisper is much more beatable from gruel than gargaroth because like if yeah. my opponent plays a doom whisperer and they're at seven life and I have three creatures, I can still just attack them, you know, but mm-hmm. if they play Gargaroth, it's like, well, they're going to eat a guy, gain three life undoing my other two creatures, you know, like it's just, it's tough. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, but yeah, so, so quick coming back. I thought John sacrifice was in a good spot because I thought saltidex decks were going to focus more on their grill matchup than their Jun matchup. Mm. And I didn't think four color mid was going to be that popular. And I also thought that some people were saying that Soltai itself beats Jun just because, like, during one of the tournaments yep. a while back, the MTG data
2: it did. Uh,
0: was pointed towards Soltai beating Jun, but I thought that was just a small sample size. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was
2: a small sample size because it did beat it in that, in that event pretty handily, but those were previous versions of decks, too. Like, yep. the Jun deck is not the same Jun deck that was played back then. And
1: yeah it, it was like the citadel version back then from what i remember like it, it, was, that, it, it was that it was that all-in version. Yeah, of it was, it was yeah, like it a chandra
2: was, version it wasn't playing collected company i mean i'm yeah. sure the collected company versions were still played too but it looked way the john decks back then looked way different and the sultai decks also looked way different so you yeah. can't rely on past data like that when the decks aren't even the same anymore so
1: yeah, yeah, yep, totally agree. And I mean, I looked at the data from this time and Jun did actually have the best win percentage and Solti didn't look that great. Like it it did seem like you kind of nailed it, bro. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and, and Jun Sacrifice actually didn't have a bad matchup. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it did not. It, it even yeah. went
0: 50-50 against all the four-color decks, which was great. Gruel's only yeah. bad
2: matchup was Gen Sacrifice, so... Yep, but by a yeah. sliver. Yeah. I mean, that was not two even, of my not losses. Not even
0: arguably enough. I mean, yeah. I lost
2: four matches and two. I went one and two against Sacrifice. I went... To, I lost once to Soul Tie, and I lost one Gruel Mirror. Um, and I just... I beat everything. Like, I beat all the random decks that I played, and I... And then I won most of my gruel mirrors, and I won most of my Soul Tie matchups. Uh, which, so I mean, my my performance with the deck was pretty in line with what that sheet was saying. Like my bad matchup oh. was Sacrifice. That's where most of my losses came from. So I saw and, it, and a solid
1: sixteen and six for the the Bash Bros podcast boys this last weekend. Oh, that yeah, is that, not that, too bad. I was gonna say it reminded bad me all. of
2: last year's MPL the first 18 and
1: six by the way oh
2: yeah 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 yeah
1: um incredible
0: the last thing i'll say about this format for anyone that still plays it um i think the biggest thing the biggest takeaway from this weekend is just how all how badly all the rogue decks did yeah they did yeah all just got slaughtered so this format like and um, goblins goblins was just terrible right yeah, I won forty percent. It, yeah, it's had a few bad tournaments. Yeah, it's also
2: just—I mean, I don't know how it stacks up against other decks, but I think Gruul is is favored against goblins. I mean, I don't remember. I don't. So is Jund. Yeah. yeah.
0: And
1: it seems Sultai and, is as well. So <laughs> as,
2: long, as
0: long as Sultai focuses on it, Sultai and four color can be good or bad against goblins based on how much they care.
1: Hmm. What well, What were you going to say as the last thing,
0: bro? Oh, well, I was just going to say that though. That yeah. That right now this format this format is is being run by the powerful cards and not about how to interact with a metagame. So Gruul, Jun Sacrifice and Tie are, are don't look at them just as archetypes that you can find answers to. Look at them like the decks that get to play the most powerful cards in the format, like Uro mm-hmm. and Nyssa and Collected Company and Embercleave. Um, that's what these decks are. They're the decks that play the most powerful cards. So yep. people that thought like I played against multiple rogue decks in this tournament and it was laughable what I was doing compared to them. Like I, I looked at Raf's deck and I'm like, either this deck is really good and he tested a bunch or I'm gonna destroy
1: him. What was he playing? And a mono black aggressive deck? Oh yeah, yeah. He said it was his pet deck.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I just I just I just you know ravaged him. Like yeah. it was it was just like, my my deck just had one mana removal spells and combos and, like, hell, he was trying to play like and that. And claim. <laughs> yeah, and claim, but he was trying to play that Scourge of the Skyclave card. Yeah. And I just, he put two of them in play and I just used my ovens and sacked food and just killed them yeah i just <laughs> like, went up to 20 you know, just, <laughs> I just fucking killed them you
3: know,
1: like, yeah that nice card scored. is not great that card is not great without fetch lands and duels holy crap well he was just playing, he, was playing he was
2: he was shocking himself but
1: but if you don't uh, have, a, if you don't have ugh. fetch lands too that's really how you can hurt yourself really quick you know
2: yeah but even yeah. if you um, hurt yourself if you haven't hurt your opponent you know yeah it's, yes, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That's just, that's the, that's the weird thing about
0: it. But I have one thing, last thing to say about League Weekend before we move on to, uh, to, uh, new, new Magic Cards. Yeah. It is, it is an actual shout out from on one of our cast and crew from, from, um, from the one and the only Cedric Phillips. Okay. I'm going to play, th- I'm going to play the recording right now for everyone. All
1: right. Let's hear it. I want to give a quick shout out to doctor underscore unks <laughs> in Twitch chat for letting me know that the Cleveland Browns did just score a touchdown. Oh, I appreciate true. you very much cuz I'm trying to work here Nice, <laughs> Doctor Unks got a shout out. Oh, Our resident wow. proctologist. Nice, oh, wow.
2: And talking about the Browns again too. Just and one talking track, about m- the fucking Browns. One and wow. doesn't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's way too good. Way too good. oh uh, one so One last thing I do want to just ask is what uh place have put you up to, bro?
0: I'm tied I believe with Seth for third. We are yep. we are currently in if, if you know stop the count stop yeah. the count stop the count. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it's, third, it's Paulo, fourth. Gabriel, Seth and I are in the top. And then Andre is in fifth. So okay. like it, it was actually kind of funny. Um one of our teammates uh KK I I forgot they're, they're in Rivals and I've never met them. And they you know they're part of the testing team too. Okay. They even brought up, they just brought up the thing. It's like, you know, do you do you, Andre and Seth, want to keep working together since you're all up on the top? And I was like, Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that the reason we're at the top is because we're working together. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like we've I, been doing a lot of good things with very little like preparation relative to what I'm used to. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's an and argument to continue to work together for sure. Yeah, yes, no
0: exactly. Like, if we're all on the top competing for these spots, we should work together. Um, and maybe figure something out for the last week or two, but we should just all three try to get four of three of the four spots.
1: It's, I, I think it's kind of, I think for tournaments, you guys could consider not working together. But for the league weekend, I mean, you're no, only going to play each other once. I, I really. Well, the
0: tournaments are worth less and we're not guaranteed to play like yeah, next week. Are actually, I am guaranteed
2: to play. Seth. Yeah, the, yeah, the tournaments are actually more of a reason to work together because you okay. want, you're less likely to play against each other
1: okay well sick so what we have what like two three more league weekends no uh, four four okay there's and, still a lot left And yeah. two more
0: tournaments we're we're only we're 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 theoretically 40 percent of the way there if you count each weekend of events as one tick. Wait, how, so how, how, is there, four of ten weekends there an
2: even number of league weekends left that shouldn't be the case right
0: no there's seven yeah you already yeah, played three yeah. right uh, the last league right. is a different structure,
1: okay. and it's
2: three weekends. Okay. That, okay. That, so the that's next one, you guys is... get
1: to get rid of historic, though, right? Like we're back to standard for next time with Keldheim. Yep. True. The next, the next one is standard. Yep. Are you guys gonna miss historic? Let's let's be honest here.
2: I mean, I I personally uh, will. One sec,
1: one sec. <laughs> I also have pre recorded for this too. Okay. I don't want to have to fucking do this <laughs> shit anymore. Yeah, okay, but Brian, how I do you yeah. feel now? We know how Brian feels. <laughs>
2: I mean, I I would happily play every tournament not being standard, so,
1: yeah. Really? Oh, oh, well, we got bad news for you for the next one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know. It's, all it's-
0: right, <laughs> next topic is call time and how it'll affect
2: standard.
0: Ooh, 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 well,
2: guys, ooh. it was a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on this episode of the Bash Bros Podcast. Hope you all have you're- a great day, and, yeah.
1: Oh, you're staying. You're staying. We're forcing you.
0: The Bash Bros Podcast is proudly sponsored by BCW Supplies.
1: BCW offers great products at an even better price. From their Elite 2 sleeves to the Deck DeckBot line, you're sure to get an amazing product. I've been using their sleeves and deck boxes for the last year, and let me tell you, bro, their durability is unparalleled.
0: Well, if you're interested in trying them out yourselves, you can go to bcwsupplies.com and order today. BCW Supplies, protect, store, display, slogans, marketing, magic. Wow. All right, so today um, we want to get through a lot of cards, so let's try to not spend too much time on each one of them. Okay. Um, You know, we we kind of get long-winded and then all of a sudden we're having to argue if we should be two hours or not. (laughs) and i don't want to do this today so let's just get let's just get additional opinions and if we think it's going to be worth building decks around or not
1: yeah because i mean realistically we have this podcast uh to get us ready for you know next weekend's like the streamer event and then next thursday we already get the cards on arena so you know at this point we're starting to be able to uh build some decks
0: yeah, but we're not going to build decks. Yeah, <laughs> we just I, are going to talk about the cards. Yeah, but we can talk
1: about what, you know, cool cards would slot into what kind of shells and stuff. <laughs> oh, for sure. And yeah. and the
0: first one I'm going to talk about is where I actually think that uh, the first card I, I want to talk about is Doomscar, don't which don't is a card don't. that I think actually could go into Espriorion or those kind of shells,
1: Oh, baby. these control
0: shells. Now, um, Doomscar is three colors, white, white sorcery, destroy all creatures but it has a foretell cost of callus white, white. So this is the first time that you can, you know, suspend or well foretell a, a mass removal spell and then play it for cheaper later on, whether that's on turn three itself or just getting to double spell later on, which I think is exceptionally powerful for a wrath of God effect.
1: Yeah, no, I think this card is really good, especially when you're on the draw up against an aggressive deck like there, there's times when it just doesn't matter if you have the Shatter the Sky on four, you're just, you're taking too big of a hit or you realistically, Lovestruck Beast, your opponent plays on turn three and you have the Wrath lined up for turn four, but then they go Great Henge into something else. It's like, you're still dead then. But now, you know, just be if they go Heart's Desire, you can just foretell this and then kill the token plus Lovestruck if you need to and stuff. So yeah, I think this card is gonna be amazing.
2: I'm a, I would like to jump in before, like way in advance of, of a get out ahead, I guess you could say, of this and say okay. that this card, while it is one of the best Wraths they've ever printed, <laughs> Wraths just haven't been good in Magic for a long time. And I'm just, I'm out in advance of when uh, Shaheen Sarani has to hang up his control cards at some point later in the standard <laughs> season, despite the existence of Doomscar. So. I just yeah. uh, want to get out out ahead of it.
1: But I mean control and like an Esper Doom style deck. Like that's a proactive control deck. And I think that's just the new nature of control. I don't think you can just play connor spells and wrath the gods into fairies like Shaheen wants to. But you know, the next gen of control I think still exists
2: like that.
0: Yeah, I mean wraths, wraths are not as powerful as they used to be, but I think they're still like Vitally important for these strategies.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, that of um, course, yeah. I mean, the, I, I'm not trying to poo-poo this card. This card is incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Just I like I think it is f- totally fine that they print a wrath on this power level because oh,
0: for the sure, power yeah. of wrath
2: has gone down a lot.
0: Oh yeah, I oh, think yeah, this is going to be the best card ever. Like Corey's situation, he even brought up is it's not even that good. It's like so turn one, uh, you know, adventure out my love shark piece token, then play. My Edgewall Innkeeper and they foretell and then play Lovestruck, draw a card, and then they wrath the board. I'm like, okay, I'll play a Questing Beast or another, you know? Like,
2: yeah, that, that wrath there, it's like, oh, you kill three creatures with it. Actually, it's a break even. It's like your opponent. Yeah, it's an actual break it even. It is an actual break even. So.
1: Yeah, true, true. But but hey, how about this? They played Brushfire Elemental instead of Innkeeper. Now we fucking got them, boys.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a two for one right there. Yeah, all that's day. a
1: clean two mm. for one. Turn three,
0: two for one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sign me up. And I just, like the,
1: I just like the mind games of, like, this, or it could be Behold the Multiverse if you're playing that kind of deck. I just wanted there to be one foretell card that kind of did everything. I just want them all to be good. Unfortunately, the Counterspell one I think is quite bad, but... Uh, you know, it's still kind of cool. I think
0: that I don't think the counterspell one is that bad. Everyone's saying they don't like it, but I don't think that card's a bad because colorless blue blue for a counter spell just is a rate that's just normalized now. Yeah,
2: that's just the normal rate for counter spell. I but you're think still that, paying
1: four mana to counter a spell with with Fortel with that card, is why I think it's not great. Because it adds a mana to the spell. But that's the only reason.
2: Yeah, I think that uh for f- like for tell to be really great in a particular type of control strategy, there has to be a critical mass of those kinds of cards. Your mm-hmm. turn two has to always be Fertel, and then from that point on, you know you need to have access to do things like cast a for tell card and for tell another card. You know, get 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 the two for one, like not or not two for ones, but double spell. Be able to double spell in a turn. It's kind of important Mm. to keep up. So there has to be enough cards that are actually playable that have for on them. And I think, I don't know what, what there's like three of them right now, maybe that are worth playing like this one, the draw cards and the counter spell. Um, Maybe, maybe there's more. And the the, the time walk, I think is going to be, it could be good. It's like six mana or something.
1: Yeah. It's normally a seven mana spell, but it's lowered to six for a time walk. Plus you get two birds.
2: Yeah, I mean that wouldn't be something that you would be happy to foretell in turn two. I don't think because it's yeah. but it takes so know. long. Yeah, it's
0: also exiles itself. I mean, I have no idea. I, I never know what to think about for uh, cards like that. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I also think that like instead of the control versions, like. Battle Mammoth, I think, could be very interesting because that is just a very unique rate. Like, yeah. probably not right now. Not right now because of the power of Throne of Eldraine just, just trumps Battle Mammoth.
1: Yeah, trading so, with truck is, is not great.
0: Yeah, it's 3 GG, 6-5 Trample. Whenever a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. Mm-hmm. Fortell, 2 GG. So it, 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 it'll cost 5 mana up front, 6 mana to Fortell, um but it can come down on turn four uh but yeah it like looks like a decent rate mm-hmm. for an Ixalan card in a Kaladesh world
2: yeah,
1: yeah. That and, that and, and I honestly good. when oh sorry uh when win throne of Eldain, Eldraine Eldraine road Rotri- <laughs> jesus I can't talk today win throne rotates I think there's so many cards like that that are kind of in the back of my mind that that kind of get unbanned you know, uh, similar to like when Nyssa was around, you know, like Vivian was a card that we all looked at as like a pretty good card, but with Nyssa, it was just not better, you know? So I, I think Yo. some of these cards are to keep in mind whenever that set actually rotates.
2: Yeah. I mean, Mammoth seems quite good uh, in, in in those kinds of decks because like just how well, like I could, I could see a world where you would play this over questing beasts. I mean, probably not, but in mm-hmm. the one of the things about the green decks right now is they kind of don't have a great turn two play a lot of the times. So, foretelling this card's not like the worst. I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, I I I completely agree. And the effects really well, I mean, good. the
2: fact that it works off of ability is big because a lot of times these yes. things are like. Whenever you target with a spell, you draw a card or whatever, and they're like, okay, like get rid of it with this ability. T T Yeah, yeah. No, I think
1: the ability thing is a huge deal uh compared to just spell. All right. Next up though,
0: let's move on. Cause Doom's car is good, but not worth, you know, the ten minutes we spent on it. Um uh next up is uh Predator. Now this is a card that I cannot wait to play with. It's two colors, black red, three, three, flyer. Vampire Dragon. Uh, when Immerstrom, uh, Immersturm—I don't know how to say that—Immersturm Predator becomes tapped. Exile up to one target card from a graveyard, <clears throat> and put a plus one, plus one counter on Immerstrom Dragon or Immerstrom Predator. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice another creature; uh, it gains indestructible until end of turn, and you tap it. So I love the—I've always liked this. Like you can protect your threat, but it it becomes tapped kind of like you know dream trawler yep uh but i love that its ability also triggers on attack or on using its defensive ability yeah and that it's not repeatable so it's not like you can go like i i, I can't play my 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 predator and then sack two creatures to exile two Uros. um i can only do it once right because it's when it, it's a trigger when it becomes tapped
2: yeah so if um, it's already yeah, tapped yeah. it doesn't happen again but it is
0: it is a cool ability. So I just feel like this card checks itself on a lot of balancing places.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, while also just like complementing a strategy like a black red deck. Like, so for example, you know, you can you know like you can use this in a black red deck that, you know, a crone wars, and then you can sack the thing to the predator. Uh or or you know, claim the firstborn and stuff like that. So it's very- I I just
2: Sorry, it's yeah. very reminiscent of a previous black red card that saw a lot of play. I think this might be a little bit worse than that card, but maybe not. Um, Falcon Wrath Aristocrat for Ministrad. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is similarities. They, they're, they're very similar cards, I think.
1: The one thing I am worried about for this card is just right now, white still has so many powerful exile effects that uh you know if if a white deck is pretty popular like Esper doom stays pretty popular ecd skyclave apparition still being able to clean this up um scares me since it's just indestructible oh, and not can be targeted the but
0: f- the f- i also think the four cmc pinch is the worst against those decks
1: yeah like i mean you're, three you're is f- worse right because they have glass casket too
0: well I, well glass casket yes three three it means all three can target them but yeah four I'm just saying the exchange of fours, is always the worst. You yes. invested yeah. Because
2: if you play a three mana thing, mana. if you play a three mana thing and they kill it with a three mana thing or a two mana thing, it's like, okay, like it sucks, but you haven't fallen behind that much. If you play a four mana thing, you've mm. invested a lot into it. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm
1: interested in that card. I don't think I'm as high on it um, as you are. I, I don't know how, how great it's going to be, but I, that could easily be a card that surprises me, you know?
0: Oh, it might not be good enough, but it's yeah. like a card that I'm excited about just because it has it has a lot of text without having a lot of just like filler bullshit text like Questing Beast. Like, yeah, it seems like it's going to be very interesting to play with.
1: Yep, that's fair. I'm, All right. Um. Oh, go ahead. Anybody got anything else on this card?
2: I'm just going to say that I'm not high on this card, but I'm high on the standard format to where this card would be good.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. I don't. Yeah. I, I. I. completely agree. I do not know if this will be good, with in current standard, but maybe in a year when it's one of the oldest cards in the format, it might be great.
2: Yeah. I mean, the effects fair. been great before. Like I said, Falcon Rathraskrat was a great. Yep. Or is that the name of the card, Falcon Rathraskrat? Yep. Yeah.
0: Falcon Rathraskrat.
2: That was a great card. Uh, the next card
1: I I don't know how good this is, but I really want to get your your guys's opinion on this um, because I think it 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 reads like it could be busted in the right shell. It's a Tundra Fumeral and it is one colorless red red snow sorcery. Um, Tundra Fumeral deals four damage to target creature or planeswalker. Add colorless mana for each snow. Uh, mana spent to cast the spell until end of your turn. You don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. So essentially a th- a free four damage burn spell, not to players, which I think would make it pretty busted, but then being able to use that mana um, for something else, you know, I, I, I think this card could be really, really strong in like either snow mono red or a two color um, aggressive snow slanted deck. Uh, what do you what do you guys think of this one?
0: Um, I I kind of just by design hate it. Uh, <laughs> I mean I think it could be very <laughs> no. Uh... Like, I think this card this card could be good. Yeah. I, like so I I mean I'm I I will forever hate extra mana. I will forever hate re- mana reduction and extra mana because those are the things that I think. Are really bad for replayability. I think Mono Red with with Runaway Steamkin and Experimental Frenzy was not a fun deck to play against multiple times. No,
1: it was not. Right? Holy
3: shit.
0: No, <laughs> and, and so Dundra Fumeral creates play patterns like that. It's also uh, not nothing. Nothing about getting three extra mana by spending snow mana for a burn spell screams snow sorcery like snow elements. You know. Mm-hmm. Like it just is. I, I don't know. May, maybe that's that's asking too much for snow to be flavorful. It's just I I cringe every time I see a card. Just be like, if you use the new mechanic, we'll just let you cast it
2: for free. Yeah. I mean,
1: yellow snow is pretty flavorful <laughs> if you've ever tried that. <laughs> I, I was gonna say
2: that's a snow from Brad on that card, but
1: that's a snow from Brad. Yeah, I just picture like you know, um, if this card is actually good, like crystalline giant. You could play, because it is a giant, too, and there's so much giant synergy uh, around it. Oh, shit. And just kind of Tundra, Fumeral, play that for free. Or even the next card we're going to talk about, Faithless Haven. You know, if you have four mana. See, I'm more afraid of this card when you have four mana, because then you go Tundra, Fumeral, and then you can put a colored mana source with it, or, like, animate Faithless Haven and attack or something. Um, But I
2: I think this card could be pretty strong. What is Crystalline Giant?
1: It is the three mana, colorless, three colorless mana, three three. At the beginning of your combat, you like get one of the random like nine abilities, like first strike, dead touch. Ten.
0: Have you not seen the ten the ten RNG creator?
2: Where is uh-huh. where is this card on the spoiler I don't see it. it it's not a new no, it's not it's, a new it's, card. It's, it's an old card. Yeah. It's a what? It's an old it's card. An old it's not card. from Cal Time. Oh, okay. But it is it's, just yeah. a giant, yeah.
0: I think it's from Ikoria. It's um it's pretty much just you RNG one to 10 and you get uh, one of 10 different abilities like that touch lifelink flying menace uh, plus one plus one counter per, per, one, you know, each turn you get one of those things on it. Gotcha. You get a counter of it. It's yeah, it's for my chore because it's the counter set. Yeah. Like you yeah. get, you get a menace counter, you get a flying counter, a lifelink counter. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, but yeah, so that's, it's just a three colors through three that ever at the beginning of every upkeep, you, RNG, 1 through 10. Gotcha.
1: And then another thing with this Tundra Fumeral um, that I really like, and it goes along with the new um, Red God, uh, Bergy, God of Storytelling, two colorless red, whenever you cast a spell, add a red mana until the end of the turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end, and creatures you control can uh, boast twice during each of your turns rather than once. So, I mean, if you have that in play, then you play this, you're getting a red mana as well. And then if you have any boast abilities, you can attack and then use this colorless mana to help with that. So I I think there is something there because that god is extremely powerful. I I just
2: like how Brad just finish talking about how awful Experimental Frenzy and Runaway Steamkin are, and this card is just both. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, yes. I yeah. want to talk about that. So, Bergy, this god has a backside. Yep. That's all gods do.
1: It's Bergylicious. It,
0: it's Bergylicious. Uh, Harnfell, Horn of Bounty, Four Colorless Red, Legendary Artifact, Discard a card, Exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn. Now, I... When I saw this card, I I almost puked in my mouth <laughs> because so both so both sides need cards in your hand or for you to be functional to work. So I do at least like that. Now yeah. there are some mm-hmm. magic cards that one side will do one thing and the other side will do the other. So if your land screwed, you play Berge. If your land flooded, you play Infernal or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I and I never like it where a card will just do both sides. So I like that this card has the same problems mm-hmm. um, on both sides. But what I dislike about it is that why, why like this right here, the reason that this card is at this power level is because they just keep printing bigger and bigger and bigger creatures and more and more and more card advantage so that red can't keep up unless you just do this like mini combo storyline for red. Red decks have to have torbold to double Torban to double the damage or Embercleave to double the damage or Experimental Frenzy and Runaway Steamkin to combo out. Like that's the only way red red decks can like get her done, right? We're not we're not fire blasting anymore
2: yeah how is uh how is red gonna beat a six five trample for four mana that draws a card every time you target anything i mean come on like (laughs) (laughs) uh without having stuff like that like i i I agree with you like
0: yeah it's just like these creatures are just massive like also what what kind of sucks is everything gains a card advantage now where they didn't previously like I, I know I'm going on a rant here, but red these red cards are making me mad. The other colors cards I love, but the red cards are making me mad in the set because, like, you know, a Lovestruck Beast is not a Siege Rhino because a Lovestruck Beast comes with all this card advantage. Either we had you had uh, Lucky Clover or Edgewell Innkeeper or the Great Henge. So the only reason you actually like Lovestruck Beast is because it's gaining you card advantage in all these different ways, and it's a good defensive creature. Like, back in the day, we had Siege Rhino. So you cast Siege Rhino, you got the three life, and then you would roast it. And that's a fine exchange because you like your the life total thing sucks, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's still well, the card advantage kills you. Because if you spend time interacting with a green deck that's gaining card advantage, then that's a snowball effect you just can't come back from. Yep. Um, so you have to ignore their card advantage and have it for yourself. And that's the only way to balance these cards. Um, and that's what I you know I dislike. And that's what's sad about red. Uh, because they can't just keep printing roasts that kill all the big things that's not good enough
2: yeah you roast all the big things and then you just still lose like but like the best case scenario of a roast is that you traded one for one and then your opponent still has the initiative to play the next thing that you have to answer like I, I i like i i'm in complete agreement with you like it, it is trying to win a game against the way that they print green cards these days by tr- interacting with them is just such an uphill battle
0: also, this card doesn't say anything about red, so this card's gonna be broken. Bergy is just gonna be busted, and you mm. can even play it in a deck that's not mono red. Yeah, because because it doesn't say whenever you cast a red spell mm. or whenever you just dis- or discard a red card, right? You can discard a land.
2: Yep, that's that's a um, good point.
0: So while I'm complaining this entire time, I would just say snap by four of these immediately.
2: Yeah, I think <laughs> like, that card <laughs> is unbelievable, and
1: I mean, you can just like play a haste creature play, like, one haste creature, two haste creatures, or whatever, that mana that you gain from it doesn't end, you know, doesn't go. it doesn't go away into combat. So then you can just ember cleave with that mana. I I think this card is phenomenal.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be yeah. that good in any kind of an aggressive-type deck, but, I, like, this is a combo dream right here. Both sides yeah. of this card are, are dreams for, com- like, various combos. Getting tons of free mana whenever you play spells, like... Check for a combo and being able to turn garbage cards in your hand into tons of free resources. Check for a combo deck. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm of the opinion that there's going to be a combo deck somewhere that's using this thing.
1: That card with Fortel seems kind of sweet too. If there's like a blue-red Fortel deck, you know, I don't I don't know if that could really be, but using that extra mana to just, you know, put a nice spell down at the end of the turn. Um, or you know, tund- Tundra Fumerol using that mana to um play a Fortel thing as well. I think uh, there's something there.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know exactly where this is going to be and how it's going to be used, but this is one of the cards that I'm most scared of in the set. Mm. Like, I am I am terrified of this card. I think that this this card has a good chance of just, like, dominating standard.
2: I think it costs enough mana where it probably, hopefully, won't be the case. But yeah, it, that, that card is one of the highest power levels in the set, just in raw power level for sure.
1: God, just imagine this in the Paradox Engine combo deck in Historic right now. You know, you played that and then Mox Amber. It's like, oh, God, like that seems great. <laughs> well, that deck also, I think, just
0: creates a more more powerful infinite combo.
2: Yeah, I don't know if the yeah. mana from Bergie really matters in that deck. The ability of Harnfeld to give you extra cards could be good. But yeah. I...
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying both sides have applications in that deck you know who knows how good both sides are but if both sides were good in a deck like that then i agree it could just be busted so.
0: yeah i think it'll stay in standard because like five mana for that ability seems standard playable but not other formats yep um and and we'll see i mean the luckily artifacts are being hyper targeted already in this format mm-hmm. so you're not losing much equity by playing Chill breakers or wilts or thrashing brought right now in standard yeah because most of the most powerful cards are already artifacts so um that that is a boon for the format that like these it is there is enough answers out there to keep this card in check on its own and red by design right now is not a good color um just in the format in general so we'll see (laughs) it it might be held back by that but not because it's not a good enough card
1: fair enough fair enough okay shall we talk about the next card y'all Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, one I want to I want to talk about because I just played this on verses, uh, you know, yesterday, or if you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, two days ago, and it's uh, the Trickster God's Heist, and this is a card that people were pretty hyped about right when it got spoiled, but um, maybe lost interest in it, but I think it's quite good. So it's two colorless blue black. Uh, it is a saga um chapter one is you may exchange control of two target creatures chapter two you may exchange control of two target non-basic non-creature permanents that share a creature type or that share a card type and then chapter three is lightning helix your opponent uh target player loses three life and you gain three um so this slots really well into esper doom in my opinion because you can play stuff like uh birth of Militis, omen of the sun as your enablers for chapter one and then just steal lovestruck beast steal whatever big creature and then just exchanging enchantments or artifacts is pretty easy as well because you have glass caskets um you have um birth of Militis tokens can still count as artifacts i think wait no non-creature so that doesn't work um but you know exchanging some enchantments uh, maybe taking trailer crumbs, giving them one of your sagas that's about to go to chapter three, um, stuff like that, then gain you a little bit of life to to buy you some time. I think this card is phenomenal.
2: I think it is a very powerful card uh, mm-hmm. and lines up very well against some of the like green card advantage decks where... They maybe don't have the interaction to stop you from getting the most value out of both of the first two chapters. Um, I don't know if it'll be enough to be good enough against those kinds of decks, but I do think that uh, this kind of a card certainly has um, a lot of power in those kinds of matchups for sure.
1: Yeah. So, and I, like, sorry, I got one last thing, bro. Uh, and I could totally see this being a cyborg card because you play this against rogues or something and you're, you're not going to be pleased to play this, but against creature strategies, against love struck beasts, against feasting troll King, maybe um, stuff like that. I think it uh, could be quite cute.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, cute is a great word for this. I think that mm-hmm. it is very powerful when it works, but my, so the reason I don't like cards like this um, competitively as of the last couple of years is if you don't draw an omen or a birth this card might actually not have an impact on the game the turn you could cast it
1: you guys like, gotta claim apparition even... too that's a great another great one
0: sure but you have one you have to have one of these 12 cards before like like what i'm saying is almost every other card you can cast right yeah this needs something else in play mm-hmm um, and that and those usually check boxes that are limited, be just because that's what that's what really makes a powerful limited card. Because in limited, you almost always have creatures in play because it's not the same format even close, mm-hmm. and it's going to have a huge impact on the game. But in 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 standard, it just sometimes you just don't have the creatures, or they have stomp up, and you know you're like shit. Can I really play this? Because if I play it and I go to swap, and they just stomp my two two. Then they get a creature, and I did, you know, I, I. Then I don't. My card will drain through life later, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and those those are the problems that I have with it. I think it's a really cool card, and I love this. To me, just screams why sagas are awesome. Mm-hmm. I think sagas are maybe like the coolest new addition to Magic in the last like ten years, just because the the way they can play out and the way that they they can design these sagas is just. There's so much space in them. That I think that's why we're seeing an increase of them as well.
2: Yeah, I wish they had gone yeah. sagas instead of planeswalkers 12 years ago or whatever it was. But Yeah, I think yeah.
1: sagas are just nerfed planeswalkers. They, that's really what they are, and I think it's great. The design on them is awesome.
2: Wasn't there, like, an article about how planeswalkers were originally supposed to function like sagas or something like that? I, I, I mean, it remember. makes
1: sense because that's what they seem like, you know, just not yeah, as I, overpowered. I, I
0: remember that. I remember that. It was... It was uh, it was just a mistake right out the door before printing instead of putting one, two, three on the side. They just put, you know, threes, fours or fives over in the
1: bottom right corner. Ah, dang it. Who screwed that
2: up? (laughs) Yeah. I, I, uh, I think the, the hardest part of this card is that it requires. So if this card requires you to have both a creature and a non-creature to get the full value out of it, um, but the the issue there, I guess the ma- the major issue. I guess you can exchange itself, right? Yeah, you can exchange itself. Okay, yeah. so you just need to have a creature for an
0: enchantment. Mm-hmm. Well, they have to, they have to have an enchantment you want. True. Yeah. True, yeah.
1: But also, like one thing that is kind of sweet is it could keep in check a great henge. Let's say you have a glass casket. You play this. They're sure as hell not jamming the great henge when you can go to chapter two and give them glass casket and take. Uh, take great hand so i think there is some kind of backdoor um things that make this card interesting but it's oh, definitely no, the card's yeah.
0: very interesting but i'm yeah. it's 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 not jumping out to me to try to play right away just because of those problems like even in esper doom? it's not gonna be no i'd rather just play doom for told you know like because doom for told has an impact on the game in any situation also this is good you're gonna you're gonna want me to play more like white omens in my deck and i don't even want to play
2: it any The hard Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, the hard part, the the thing I was trying to get to is that you have to play creatures for the first part and you have to play non-creatures for the second part. And it's really rare that there's a deck that plays both creatures that you want to get rid of and non-creatures that you're happy to get rid of at the same time. Because usually it's really easy to do one or the other. Like a Doom for Told deck, Mm. it's easy to exchange non-creatures, but you have to really go through some hoops to be able to exchange creatures. Or another deck would be very easy to exchange creatures, but you have to go through some hoops to have an artifact or have an enchant, you know, like that kind of stuff. You have to go through hoops to do that kind of stuff that it's difficult to have a deck that wants to do both. And even in the situation where you have a glass casket in play and they play a great henge and then your next turn is to play the trickster gods heist. They still get a full turn out of the great henge. So, Mm. you know, I don't know.
1: Mm -hmm. Fair -hmm.
2: enough. (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right um i don't know if we have a time for all of our cards again because we're we love to talk forever but i do just want to bring up uh, a small thing i don't want to go into like playability just how hilarious blizzard brawl is that's the next card i want to talk about it's g snow sorcery and then it's just a shit ton of text for a the, the fights the fight card right <laughs> yeah yeah it's just choose target creature you control and target creature you don't control if you control three or more snow permanents, the creature you control gets plus one plus zero and gains indestructible until end of turn. Then those creatures fight each other. What I love about this is that a couple of years ago, they're like, we need we need to create a word for each creature deals damage equal to their power to each other so mm-hmm. we can shorten the text on cards. (laughs) Then they print this fucking amalgamation of a magic card and add the reminder text of what fight means.
2: Well, they had to shorten They had to be able to use fight as a keyword because otherwise the rest of the text on Blizzard Brawl would not have fit. So they weren't trying to shorten the amount of words on the card. They were just trying to get more words in by using words that mean 15 words. (laughs) It's just like...
0: I, I just love the idea. So when I picture this, it's like, so there's like, you know, like you're in the middle of a mountain and there's a blizzard and like, there's just a, there's just like a, and what is it? A moderator. It's like, ah, drag The Viking has declared three snow permanents and shall get to plus one plus zero before this battle. It's just like, what the hell is this? Like, I,
2: don't know, I think this card's pretty cool. I, I, I like this card. I, oh, I like I think
0: the card is i love the card
2: i love the like random savage punch type shit like savage punch was such a cool ass card and savage punch was amazing and i'm not sure that blizzard brawl is on savage punch level but i do like this kind of type of card i think it's cool i don't know
1: yeah, I think it could oh, be I, strong too. There there's some there's some um cards in there that think that make me think like Simic or Salt Snow um could be a viable strategy.
0: I love how optimistic you are, bro. I, I mean mm. I genuinely love it.
1: <laughs> I love
0: it. No, no, because like you are just beaten down. Like the moment that I saw that Edgewall Innkeeper was a magic card that's playable is the moment I realized that I'm just gonna play it until it rotates. Yeah. That's it, you know, like that's, that's just fair. how my brain works.
1: Um, you said oh, the, the same Henge. about Sultai and Nyssa for Historic, you know, two weeks ago and then you played uh Gen Sacrifice.
0: Yeah, but that's not refreshing. I didn't like it. But he, you still <laughs>
1: did that like, was like You still did something whoa. else. So you gotta respect the fact that there could be other decks that pop up, you know?
0: Well, yeah, but that, two wrongs do not make a right, brother. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like you, you are taking the side of defending that Junda is an archetype that we should be playing with still. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's just making the point that.
0: Well, and I played Mono Green. I agree with you. He's like I haven't the, played Edral Innkeeper. He's
2: making the point that. Just because the green deck is dominant now doesn't mean it has to always be that way. And okay, fine. The green deck (laughs) might
0: not be dominant and it won't be dominant enough so we can play this green fight card.
2: Well, (laughs) oh, wait, (laughs) that's not the point. Whatever, don't worry about it.
0: No, 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 please, please tell me. I was just joking around because we're on a green card. I mean, you're
2: just being super negative about all the cards because they're not going to be good enough in a love struck world, but that's not necessarily true. Like new decks and new archetypes can show up that push those cards out it's not unbelievable to assume that a new set could impact the format even though it's yeah throne of eldraine is a really powerful set is probably going to be the dominant set in standard for its duration but to just assume that that's going to be the case is, is is a bad way of approaching it nailed it Okay,
1: it! (laughs) Nailed it. All right, shall we uh, go to the next one? Yeah. All right, uh, Battle of Frost and Fire is three colorless, blue-red, another saga here. Chapter one, Battle of the Frost and Fire deals four damage to each non-giant creature and each planeswalker. Chapter two, scry three. And then chapter three, whenever you cast a spell with converted mana cost, Five or greater this turn, draw two cards and discard a card. What do you guys think of this?
0: I I can't say what I (laughs) want (laughs) to say. I I think that, like, blue-red, it just doesn't feel like a good color combination at competing with what current standard has. What about, like, like, uh,
1: Genesis Ultimatum? inclusion into that style of deck do you like that at all since there is you know beanstalk giant genesis ultimatum and it kind of even scries, so it it curves you into genesis ultimatum that's like the only home that i can think um it, it would find itself in i could see it but it,
0: th- it comes down to how are you winning the games like i think the ultimatum decks kind of lean heavily on their their dragon package i don't know yeah. if you find a better win condition for the deck um but you know like they've seemed to be very
1: adventure themed yeah I, I i think the one other way that you can make that deck is to be a little bit more giant themed because one card that i've just been ridiculous me and ross have just been so impressed with this card and both of us thought it was absolutely heinous right away which is the only thing that makes me think you know this card have has legs is glimpse the cosmos Um, That is the colorless blue. I think we talked about this before, but look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand, the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. And then as long as you control a giant, you may cast Glimpse from your graveyard for just paying one. So what this card I think is very good about, uh, Glimpse of the Cosmos, that is, is setting up your ramp spell on three, either Cultivate or Beanstalk Giant, which is extremely important in these styles of ramp decks. And then if you play a decent amount of other giants. You know, you get you a bone crusher and there is a decent amount of like red giants and stuff um, to replace the adventure theme. I think that just gives you card advantage because you have so much extra mana where you can be casting this anticipate card and then, you know, it doesn't kill your dragons. Like you don't play terror of the peaks or goldspan dragon Um, and then Battle of the Frost just doesn't kill any of your stuff. I think that's a a version of Genesis Ultimatum that could play this card uh,
2: if you give up on the adventure uh, package.
0: Yeah, sounds possible to me.
1: I think
2: think the card is heavily reliant on Chapter 1 to be a playable card. If Chapter 1 is good in the format, then um, I I could see a world where this card is very strong, but if Chapter 1 is not cutting it in this format, which... Mm -hmm. You know that there's going to be. I, I would say most formats. Chapter one isn't that great. There are mm-hmm. definitely some formats where that that's really good. So if format is is such a way that that chapter is amazing. Then I think this card is is, is definitely great. But
1: yeah, it could be a cyborg card because you're not going to really want this against rogues, and you're not going to want this against gruel adventures just because you can't hit bone crusher or love struck. You know, with it being a giant. But yeah, it, you know, if there is another aggro
2: deck that pops up. Um, then this could be all right. Like in a format where like a mono red deck is very is really strong. Like this would be the kind of card that I would want to play. You know, like
1: yeah, if Bergy, if that kind of style of stuff becomes, you know, something more than, um, you know, just an idea, something like this would be a sweet answer to that.
0: What's Bergy again? Oh yeah, the red That's one. That's
1: the red god. Yeah, if, if a red deck's good because of that, like a red, you know, like Rakdos basically before it was just the Meyer triton timur calls the dead Croxa, stuff like that you know if that was a viable strategy which there is a lot of decent red cards um and even the black red dragon that we talked about right away if a shell like that becomes good this this card would just destroy that deck
0: oh maybe i mean these cards do feel like very like good limited cards which is like good thing for magic to have, right? Like rares that have this effect. Like, I love that this is going to draw me cards. Um, you know, it's going to scry. It's going to have a, an effect on the board. It's a sweeper. That's not just a sweeper. Like we've mm-hmm. seen red sweepers forever that you're just like deal forward everything. And that's it. Yeah. Like this, this is so much more powerful than that because you can, you can sweep the leg, but then you can gain a bunch of card advantage for the late game. This is going to transition you into a late game position where your opponents might like be attritioned out.
1: So I gotta I gotta tell you guys one story. I was playing uh, versus against Ross, and he drops this card, which killed like my Skyclave Apparition, and I had a couple four four Angels, and all he had was Beanstalk Giant. I dropped the the Trickster God's Heist, giving him um, like an Omen token I just played, and ex- ch- uh, took his Beanstalk Giant. He scribed three the next turn, and then my chapter two gave him a Bertha mellitus that was going to chapter three, and then I got the chapter three of Battle and Frost and Fire. It was disgusting.
2: <laughs> that is disturbing. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> I gotta say, though, I- I'm not, like, super stoked about uh, about Battle of Frost and Fire, but Glimpse of the Cosmos looks incredibly good.
1: I It yes. is. It is just so good. And I played it in a couple of different shells. Um, first, we tried like Timoret, Meyer, Triton, um, stuff because, you know, Crocs is a giant. Uh, played uh, Bone Crusher and then played some realistically not great giants, you know, um, some of the four mana ones like Calamity Bearer um, and stuff like that. But just flipping over with Timoret and just flipping over a glimpse, and then you just have one mana anticipate. It was disgusting. I mean,
2: even just it was absolutely disgusting. the fact that Bone Crusher Giant is such an important part of the format. Like that's yeah, that's the big thing to me is like there's already a three mana giant that mm-hmm. people already don't want to target with spells and abilities that is very playable on its own. Um, yeah, because it's like the front half of this card is not that great, but it's certainly playable, and just the fact mm-hmm. that you occasionally get that free value out of it
0: well it's also like if 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 so the man is going to get a lot better in this format right now we, we still don't have a grixis uh trium which sucks
1: mm-hmm.
0: but like the ractos deck from previous that milled itself could just play some blue cards if we can find enough good blue cards in there then all of a sudden like you can mill glimpses over and you have bone crushers and you have um croxa croxa in there and you know like like you were saying brian like the front side isn't that fun to cast but what if you just mill the back half right Yep. yeah and and then all of a sudden you know you bring back a croxa and then flash your glimpse back like that that seems pretty cool to me
1: yeah and like the flip side of egon the god you know that is a card that i i think we talked about last week where it's either going to be extremely busted or probably you know closer to unplayable but that's another thing if you're milling yourself with Meyer Triton and it calls the dead, you can play the flip side of Egon on turn one, and then you can still flip more stuff like that, or just play it if you're milling yourself that much. So I, I think there's something that possibly could be there.
0: Oh yeah. Um. I, so I want to talk about one card real quick. Okay. Um, staying on these the black theme, it's Crippling Fear. It's two black, black sorcery, rare, Choose a creature type. Creatures that aren't of the chosen type get minus three, minus three until in turn. I, I don't know how good this card's gonna be, but I love it because it's tribal and also not tribal because you can just yeah. name like any fucking creature type, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think this is this card is really out- interesting because we've always had the witch's vengeance style card where you get to hit a certain tribe and then you see this very niche role where you know like a couple witch's vengeance when goblins was good and historic and sideboard but like this is just a minus three minus three to everything except you might be able to save some of your cards so
0: i I know you can play it in a tribal deck of yours but you have to play it against another small creature deck that isn't the same tribal deck it's just it's so unique of a card like i don't know if yeah. it's ever gonna see play or where where it would but uh, it's it's fascinating to me you know it also yeah, the doesn't green bla- wrath- the green
2: block it doesn't oh, wrath changelings
0: yeah that's true that, that is, is true. true it doesn't wrath changelings
3: yeah so and i
1: do yeah. picture if green black elves you know there's there's just some of these elves do look really pushed to me um so I I and some of the ones that are green black, you know, or the green black saga, I think is absolutely insane. So I could see this in the sideboard of a green black elf deck where they don't really have any other sweepers, if there's another hyper aggressive maybe red deck or something like that. But other than that, I, I wouldn't see a true home for it. Otherwise you just extinction event, probably, right?
0: Oh yeah. I mean they only I only see this being in a deck in a sideboard of a of of a um tribal deck where there's also other small creature strategies yeah yeah that's the that's the only place that i can see it that also has black in it you know like yeah it's finding the right home for a card like this seems very very difficult yeah um and and a worthwhile home but that's what makes it so interesting to me just just the fact that like i love that it exists even though it might never find the correct home, but then it and then all of a sudden we see it in like, you know, in in historic the because of the new mana now goblins can finally play black and they play this to wrath, you know, Jun sacrifice. <laughs>
1: yeah, get wrecked. There we go. Um, I guess I mean it does segue into this next card I want to talk about as. A black deck that is going to be tribal and that's berserkers i think uh there's a lot of really good black red berserkers and this card being uh the card that kind of throws it over the top for me and it's uh the blood sky massacre it is one colorless black red it is a saga chapter one you create a two three red demon berserker creature token with menace uh which i think is pretty important the menace keyword there chapter two whenever a berserker attacks this turn you draw a card and lose a life and then chapter three add one red for each berserker you control until end of end of turn you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end so that chapter three is is really sticking to a theme of call time where where red mana is like really transferring through combat and stuff and i think that is just screaming trying to make boast good And I don't see a ton of good Boast cards, except um, a card that I think is going to go great with this. And that's uh, Dragonkin Berserker, which is a colorless red for a 2-2 first striker, Human Berserker. Um, Boast abilities you activate cost one less to activate for each dragon you control. Um, You know, not going to be that relevant of text and then boast four colorless red, create a five, five red dragon creature token with flying, activate this ability um, if you've attacked and only once, but you know, something like that seems pretty powerful to me.
0: Maybe, I mean, uh, like I'm, uh, I, I, you have to, you have to have a, give me a really good reason to put a two, two for two in my deck. Mm -hmm. um in in a stop metagame you know
1: yeah that's Bonecrusher
0: giant is literally maybe uh well i think it is the most played card um it might not be the best card in magic but i think it's like one of the most played cards maybe love shark beast is now the most played in standard but um it's up there and bone crusher giant like getting a good exchange on that like if if i get to kill your whatever you did on turn two mm-hmm. and it, di- it didn't build, right? It didn't build for something like, you know, if, if I suspend a love star beast or do something and you kill that, you get some value out of it. But if you just play a two-two for two and it dies.
1: Yeah, that's where and that is the one thing about this Blood Sky Massacre that I actually like is it creates a two three instead of a three-two. You know, if it didn't have menace, you'd probably need the three two to slant into an aggressive deck. But two three dodging bone crusher there and almost always being able to attack and draw you a card for chapter two seems decent.
0: Yeah, it, it'll come to honestly, it'll come down to if an aggressive deck is actually good enough in standard. For, for sure. It hasn't been in a while, right? Yeah. Like is is there an aggressive deck in Standard? I don't think so. It's just Grill Adventures, but yeah, you, you, you can call Grill Adventures an aggressive deck. I, I yeah. don't actually consider it one though.
2: I think uh yeah. I think I think uh Rogues is an aggressive deck. Oh, do you <laughs> <laughs> at least the very, very top five percent of draws are. Might be the only yeah. draws that are good enough to get Dude, the there, other, but
0: the other <laughs> night I was like, I'm gonna play some standard and Round one, uh, my opponent had love struck into uh, the great henge, and I couldn't deal with it in game three. And I'm like, okay, I forgot that this sucked. And then I was in game three against rogues, and they just had that like double, double one one thief guilds enforcer draw. Yeah, that just like kind of bodies you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, god damn it! I forgot how fucking how much I hate this. Like, <laughs> I was really excited though. I was like, I haven't played standard in a while. I need to get back to mythic. <laughs> and then i'm just doing the same things i'm like god damn it it hasn't changed at all like, you? yeah well, i haven't I, no I played too much
1: standard yeah it yeah, was that the same thing where you had a screenshot where you were had to, having to discard the hand size when you had five cards in oh, hand the, and stuff that
0: arena did that to me yeah and then, and then the next <laughs> time we were both at negative three life and i'm like what are you doing arena you're
1: drunk go home yeah classic
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right now i'm going to talk about the best card in the set oh yeah, I'm calling considering this this the best card. It's going it it can slot into every deck.
1: Oh my god, what are you talking is it about? Colossal it's plow? called
0: colossal plow. Yes, it is
1: colossal <laughs> plow. Too many. Hey, I artifact added vehicle.
2: that to the list. That's my card. <laughs> I get to talk about colossal plow. Okay, all right, all right, you go, Brian. <laughs> it's the best named card in the set for sure. That's all I got to say about
1: it. So. <laughs> oh well, you have to read the card, Brian
2: colossal
1: plow all right i've read the card <laughs> that's, that's a the bitch. important part of the
2: card <laughs> uh, all right brad take over you can
0: all right two Jesus colorless Christ. six three <laughs> artifact vehicle whenever colossal plow attacks add white 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 and you gain three life until end of turn you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. crew six <laughs> um what what i don't really get is, is this phase thing? This is just because one of the mechanics is the attack one? Because this would work, right? I attack with it, I trigger and I can use that to boast or raid or whatever, roast? Boast. Rumble? <laughs> boast, yeah. Boast, okay. Yeah. Um. So I don't want to have to wait for the mana, but I guess you can use this mana during your second main phase. Yeah. But man, like, I wonder if this is just the nostalgic trip, like ever, you know, like t- 2019, nostalgia was really in, right? Yeah, and they were like, maybe we, maybe our old players just want to say float mana again,
1: you know. <laughs> so like yes. all the cards just float mana. Well, isn't there like an 06 where the creature can like crew with its toughness or something? Oh. Yeah. oh. Is yeah, that there's not a, a meme? giant I actually
0: thought somebody made that as a meme when this card got spoiled. That's a real card.
1: That's a real card. Yeah. One colorless Holy white giant sh- ox.
2: Oh, yeah, the uh, ox. giant
1: ox cruise vehicle using its toughness rather than its power and it's an 6 Yeah, that ox <laughs> is it that uh,
2: I love. I love Colossal Plow. I love Giant <laughs> Ox. Those are our...
1: Dude,
0: I'm not li- I'm not lying. I saw Giant Ox on Facebook and I thought it was a meme. No,
2: that's yeah.
1: that's real. That's legit. Honestly, all I got to say is I'm glad it's not crew five because this card would actually see play with love struck beast if you could just go turn one heart's desire turn two colossal plow turn three love struck beast and attack for six well oh, you still mana. can do
0: that what you oh, just shit. said yeah you is can playable. just do
1: that okay oh god i mean i don't know if that's gonna see play but just think about that up against an aggressive deck
0: As you both know, I think about Lovestruck Beast a lot.
2: (laughs) Colossal Colossal Plow is not going to see any play. I maybe it will. I would be very surprised. I'd be I'd be
1: shocked. But but I just love the fact
2: that this card exists and that they called it Colossal Plow. Like (laughs) I I don't. Oh man, it's yeah.
1: Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. (laughs) All right. Well, I, I
0: think I think that gets us close to the end of the episode. There's a few cards that we could have touched on, but we are going late and we still have a lot to talk about still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, next, next week we have the set. So next week I'm going to work on my decks because I, I'm actually going to start streaming again. I've been wanting to, so I've actually been wanting to start streaming again in January, mm-hmm. but my Amogos lobbies are all kind of falling and they're not being played that much because everyone's bored of it until the, the new ship comes out. Okay. The new map. And, magic is uh, i don't want to play magic online and or stream it at least because i I haven't played it enough i feel like i would look really bad uh, yeah. because i'm just not used to playing magic online and so I'd, i want to play magic arena but the formats aren't interesting so i'm just waiting for the new formats to start streaming again
1: yeah it's cube then... or magic online challenges that's really all there is right now
0: yeah, so I'm going to wait until that, and I'm going to actually start streaming again So, mm-hmm. you know, people can check out I'll probably be streaming next Thursday Right when this new set comes out And that'll be my kickoff
1: Yeah, and anybody who's listening, you know, that's in our uh, our Discord Drop some deck lists, I'm going to be doing the Streamer event on Wednesday and I'm going to be just trying A bunch of random shit, so yeah, If you got a cool and, deck, and I'd, I'd feel I would be yeah, more Corey than happy gots, to try it Corey likes,
0: I mean, he'll, he'll pay you an exposure Just like he's doing with uh, Versus Live and naturally,
1: yep. yep. I, thought, yes. I think you saved that yes. for your
2: OnlyFans, Corey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly,
1: I'm only selling fans on my OnlyFans right now, but I could up it to that. You're right. Okay. Speaking
0: of which, that yeah. calendar that Chapin and everyone else did—they didn't steal our idea. It's an idea I wanted to do, and we didn't do it. Yeah. But now it makes me just want to do a Bash Rose podcast OnlyFans. Oh
1: god. <laughs> but like, but That's like, would, it
0: wouldn't be—it wouldn't be like. A naked only fans it would be like a weird only fans
1: oh then i'm not can it be naked and weird oh yeah. it could be na- if
0: you want to be the naked part we will be the weird part
1: can i be oh, both i'll be the naked you guys be the afraid okay
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i am always in for weird shit i don't know
1: brad have you oh, never heard can, of the oh, show
2: naked and, show. and
0: afraid <laughs> no i have not oh okay okay let's
1: I. figure it <laughs> All right, it's it's a show All where right. they do a blind dating, except they they just blind date where they're both naked to start with to avoid that sexual tension. It's a very weird show, and I don't recommend it. But
0: this is just porn, Corey. You're watching porn. <laughs> oh, it was on that channel. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's just a it's just a relationship <laughs> show where they start naked. No, it was. It <laughs> is
1: a reality show on some TV channel, but it is very odd. That it sounds it's awful. <laughs> It I mean, they don't show them bad. naked, but they are naked and blurred out. You yeah, know? I mean, I, yeah,
2: I mean, I, yeah, they see yeah. each
0: other naked. But still,
2: so that just <laughs> yeah. that sounds like an awful show with a horrible pre like not oh, yeah. not awful as in like it might be entertaining to watch. I don't know, but like the whole premise yeah. of the show sounds horribly wrong. Like oh, especially
0: yeah. when reality TV is all about the drama, and their 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 hook is trying to eliminate the drama.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah.
0: That's TV for you. <laughs> All right, speaking of drama, Mm, mm. uh, the next Bash Bros. Battles is going to be on February 13th, everyone. Everyone in our Patreon.
1: Mark your calendars. Uh, We got to play New Standard,
0: right? We are playing New Standard. Yeah. Uh, Same thing, Swiss Top 8. Same wonderful BCW prizes. Um, Which is? Which is $1,000 in store credit for the BCW uh online store thanks again for supporting us in all of these awesome tournaments we've been running and we'll be doing standard on february 13th 9 a.m pacific time start uh i will be getting all of it in the the tournament page on mtg melee set up here this week weekend so by the you'll be able to sign up for it starting by at least next monday Mm. And and then um we'll go from there. But yeah, new standard. We'll have a week this time. Usually we do it on that first weekend, but we'll have a week to, to prepare. And um and then also another announcement to all of you patrons out there, we are gonna be making some changes to the Patreon rewards. Uh I think we bit off a little more than we could currently chew uh <laughs> with uh well at least me with the mini sodes because of some of my tech issues and also just content and schedules and stuff like that. We've been having trouble with that. So we're going to be slowly moving away from that. So anyone that is at a tier that they feel taken advantage of now, please move to a lower one. And we apologize um, about the mini sodes. And then um, we'll still be doing some products. We actually have sleeves um, starting to be produced. I have to talk to the people about them Mm -hmm. and uh, we'll see if we can get those on, on our Patreon here coming up
1: soon. Yeah, what? and we're not, and we're not really like, uh, you know, for sure going away with making something to substitute the mini sods. We just, we really got to figure something out, uh, and we just wanted to let y'all know that we're working on something. Um, so anybody who really loved the mini uh, you know, sorry, we just wanted to let you know that we are not currently uh, getting those ready every week uh, as
2: of now. I just thought of the greatest fucking idea that only <laughs> probably me and like three other people would love, but. Okay. You, when you're talking about sleeves, I just thought of. You, you, do you remember that uh, Japanese baseball game where they made up American names? Like Bobson, Dugnut, yes. and, and stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, yes. One of the characters that they had made up, his name was, instead of Steve McMichael, it was Sleeve McDykel. So <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about we're making sleeves, and I just thought of Sleeve McDykel. And now or, I. Just, <laughs> I just want to make some fucking sleeves for my magic deck that are just like a player card of sleeve McDaigle. That's
1: or don't that. you remember? Um, Scott from KMC did dressed up as Sleeve Jobs and gave away sleeves at card tournaments all the time. Oh,
2: did he? Uh, I yeah. do
1: remember that. Yeah. Uh, That's that was awesome. so good.
2: Oh, hey, hey uh, here's
0: the thing: we 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 actually are commissioning another shirt to be made. Yeah. Uh, we still haven't gotten everything for it because we keep changing what we want, and we'll be we'll be selling that and showing you all that soon. Here,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: it might be our next Patreon reward. Yeah, that'd be uh, a after, good one. Yeah, after people get the Bash Rose one, uh, the the Bash Rose Mario one. But uh, you know, if y'all go and buy some of those shirts and we get back our money that we spent on the graphic design, we could make those sleeves, Brian. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? That sounds awesome.
2: Nice.
0: Hey, as long as we break even on graphic design work, we can keep re-upping. <laughs>
1: yeah, as long as we're not losing money to make products, that sounds great. Oh, we are we are way in the hole on product we need, uh, uh, creation, we need some though. An angel yeah, investors. Well, that's all right. What we need. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Love it. Four four angel investors, right. I should say. Well, oh, I course, think that'll yeah.
0: do it for the episode. I think that's it. I think we're done, right? That's it. No, that's that's awesome. we got the
1: cast and crew, no. Bradley. Oh, that's right. <laughs> all of
0: our
1: wonderful supporters. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Thanks to everybody who joined up for the cast and crew tier of the Patreon. If you want to sign up for that, go to patreon.com slash bash bros podcast and join and uh, pay us to have a job. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's trying times. Yeah. (laughs) Can we offer you an egg in these trying times? Do you want to
0: be an unemployed statistic? I shouldn't make a joke about that. It's really bad. Yeah, that was terrible,
1: Bradley. You, you need to get on the, <laughs> the casting crew here. All right, so first up, we have a job change, actually, and that is uh, Ian Pasella. Am I saying that right? <laughs> this is great. I didn't think that was going to be the word, but keep going. Uh, all right. Was I was wrong? <laughs> God damn it. Well, thank, that's why we have a correction corner, right? Keep, yeah. All right. So this, this is our uh BBP leading resident Pastafarian. And uh we we got a nice little prayer from our new pasta fa- Pastafarian. Oh dear lord. Our pasta, who aren't in a colander, draining be your noodles, thy noodle come, thy sauce be yum, on top some grated Parmesan. Give us this day our garlic bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trample on our lawns and lead us not into vegetarianism, but deliver us some pizza, for thine is thy meatball, the onion and the bay leaves, forever and ever, ramen. Yeah, classic Dine, uh classic. off topic do
0: you want to order italian for lunch
1: yeah that sounds i might do it too that that, that has me
0: going i don't know. Go for some pasta carbonara yeah Ooh. i gotta ask
2: though is is it what is the god that they worship here i have to imagine it's emerald right
1: um no i think it's uh it's it's yorian the sky noodle duh
2: uh, I thought I thought Emrakul was the uh, Emrakul was the
1: pasta flying spaghetti monster. monster
2: so. Yeah. Mm,
1: but now we got a flying noodle monster, which is, uh, you know, just so much more powerful. Sounds like a lesser God to me.
0: Well, you know what you <laughs> should be doing, Corey? What? You should be using your noodle more Ooh. when you're with Max.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, no, uh, uh, whatever.
2: <laughs> <All right. laughs> Next up, we got the uh, we got Richie, who is the Bash Bros. Accountant. And now I'm going to state two things that are completely unrelated that I've noticed over the last couple of weeks. The first is that we have no money in our account, and the second is God. that Richie uh, posted a photo on Instagram of his new yacht. So well, probably unrelated. Completely uh, I mean, unrelated. Well,
0: it's guaranteed to be unrelated. Truth be told. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, Richie,
0: Rich, like, like if Richie wiped us out, he'd be like. I got a really nice standing desk. Yeah, he's like, I got
2: a new chair, but not a good one. Yeah. I, yeah, I got yeah.
0: some pasta carbonara <laughs> from Uber Eats, but I did have enough money to tip. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and he's not getting a good rest It's like Olive Garden, you know. He's not getting yeah. a high end.
0: Oh, you take oh, you take that back. Don't let Amber hear that.
1: Yeah, Olive Garden's my shit too, Brian. Dude, you you get right
2: the hell out of Olive here. Olive Garden's high on my list of places Dude, I'm hoping to. To, be like to, to be able to attend in 2021 oh it's I not know. outback at a outback so steakhouse is number one i don't know why it's outback i never really ate that much at outback before but outback oh, long for me is number one on my list but olive garden is in the top five for sure so.
0: okay outback okay. is the number one on your list mine is a mexican restaurant like but not on the west coast i think west coast mexican restaurants are worse than east coast mexican restaurants
1: yeah um Man, mine's Korean barbecue. I want oh, I want it back. It's so good. I
0: just want chips and salsa and a soda and conversations. Oh.
2: That's yeah, that all right. Nice. Anyway,
0: Oppo <laughs> is our research director. Can you research the best Mexican restaurant on the West Coast? Thanks. Thanks, Oppo, for doing all these awesome things for our podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we got WAPA, and that's Brad's personal barista, but wants to add one more responsibility um, wait, wants to add. Did we finally? Oh, okay. never mind. All right. All right. Start over. <laughs> Wapa is Brad's personal barista, but will not walk, uh, BBD. I think someone messed with that. He's also, no, it's
2: been the same for, it's always been like
1: that. Oh okay, <laughs> okay. We know what
0: it actually is. <laughs>
1: Wapa is our, is my personal barista and. It has added uh, on the
2: additional responsibility of being the dog walker.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, but not BBD. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Wapa, we love you.
2: We never changed that from like forever ago. But. <laughs>
1: I was gonna say I think this is the first time I've read Whopper, so yeah. Okay. Oh
2: yeah.
0: And boy, was it a Whopper. <laughs> it it was, was a
2: Whopper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up we got Ad Ham, who is our ghost writer. So anytime we do our ghost stories on the podcast that is written by Ad Ham. Yep, that's it. Yep.
0: Dude, I, I think I can stream Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I might
1: watch a couple episodes here one of these days. I remember that when we were kids. I, I remember being too scared to watch that show with you when we were really young, just because of that it's funny mummy on the opening scene, you know?
0: <laughs> because I'm the scaredy cat that can't watch scary movies, and you can.
1: Yeah, yeah, you are the same as my fiance. You're both scaredy cats.
0: Oh, we
2: are. And <laughs> another
0: scaredy cat is David Watt, because David Watt is our special guest screener that won't fight the system and get us a new special guest.
2: Are you kidding yeah, honestly, me? Every week is a new special guest. <laughs> That's one of the beautiful things about this podcast.
1: Yeah, David, David Watt's uh, been really doing some scary work, just bringing us this uh, frightening character every, every single week.
0: I mean, if David Watt can bring us uh, two of the highest winning, uh, you know, MPL members each month, that would be great.
1: Yeah, that would I be would great, but that. I don't think Paulo uh, would be that into it, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Next up, we got Gino Batista, and uh, you know, um, was was just still ghosting us in prison last week, so, and hasn't been returning our calls. But this week, we actually found out that Gino started another podcast in prison uh, called the Ass Foes pod- Podcast just to spite us. <laughs> And uh, you know, so I I don't think Gina's is gonna be on the podcast anymore. I think Gina is win a Gina is win a different way.
0: Gino's moved on and therefore should contact us for another job because this one has gotten more difficult. That sounds great, Gino. I
1: think so, yeah.
0: Nope. <laughs> that would be, that'll be fantastic, Gino, if you communicate with us an actual job title because this one is becoming overly complex
1: for us.
2: Disagree. This would be amazing. A great job title. I love every minute of it. Disagree <laughs> with both of these guys. Alright. Now, oh man, I, I get to do this one so I get to do it on my own time. I don't have to Beat to somebody else's drum. We got
0: Paul. I actually before before we get to it, Brian. Yeah, I almost debated a minute ago rushing to get one because I thought you might troll and not do it.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I got one ready to rock and roll. Paul. K. Oh, yeah. so that satisfying. is the wall staring photographer. And the job title is, as stated, he photographs <laughs> me staring at walls. Love
0: or it. sometimes, not sometimes, not even walls. Sometimes beaming into space on New Year's night. True, that's the last one, right? <laughs> yeah, there,
2: there's, it's branched out a little bit, but the, the, the key theme is the same, you know. Depression.
0: True. Oh shit! I forgot about the <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> one. The Spider-Man, Spider-Man one is like the best.
2: Bring me pictures. Yeah, there's so many. Bring there's me so pictures many ones. of BBD staring at walls. <laughs> oh yeah, we
0: have to keep forgetting. We have to actually send yeah. we need to send some more material.
1: Yeah, Paul's the only person that actually does some solid work here uh in our Discord, including us. So we we gotta we gotta appease Paul here. Alright. Next up
0: is Max, who is Corey's Linguini coach. <laughs> oh so
1: much pasta. I'm <laughs> loving it.
0: <laughs> Dude, I really want pasta now for lunch, even though I shouldn't have it, but I do want it.
1: Okay, you deserve it. All I'm right, so and uh, next up we got Phil. Um, Phil, I'm pretty sure we had a job for Phil last week, but I think that got lost in some Dude, paperwork or something, did. and we now like, no longer know what Phil does once again. So, like,
0: genuinely, I think we had a job for Phil, and now we all forgot it, and we're too lazy to figure it out. Yeah, yeah we could just I, go listen to the law last related.
2: Episode, it was it was 100% law related, but was we it don't... bird law? No, was it bird law? It was not bird <laughs> law. It was definitely not bird law. We already had a guest that was a bird law expert. All right. Uh, uh, next uh. up, we. Is
0: it the leading prosecutor of of Donald J. Trump?
2: No. He's at least That's a full time job. Third. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got JP. That is our BBP general manager. So that comes with. I don't actually know, but some amount of work, mm. we'd think. So <laughs> I don't really, you know, I just, I don't know. So,
1: okay, fair, fair. You should work with Phil a little bit more. I, you guys I would
2: bond. You sh- should, yes. <laughs> is it oh, me Bradley? Out? Oh, it is. <laughs>
0: Jason Floran to his uh, Corey's arch nemesis. I wonder if Jason's going to play next month. He better he better the I mean, battles tournament sponsored by BCW supplies.
1: I'm straight up calling him out right now. So if he doesn't, I mean, come on, what, what are you doing with your life playing a different game or something?
2: He's got to get that game does look pretty good. He's got to get a win in against Corey some 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 century. So
1: at least, you know, I kind of want it to happen as well, too. It's a lot of pressure to have to stay undefeated, you know. So what was me? Uh, next up, we got sold in the bossy, and that is our designated mana dark. Uh, this week, let's choose Bergy, God of Storytelling. It adds some mana, so I think that's. Uh, I was gonna uh, say nice that, way. but then I
0: realized that every card in the set adds extra mana.
2: Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you didn't want to go with the Fumarole <laughs> card. Come on, Corey, where's Damn your it. sense of adventure? missed opportunity the, the,
0: the, today's Manadork is the blood sky massacre yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no 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 here it is today's Manadork <laughs> colossal plow boom there we go <laughs> yeah i take it back <clears throat> it's all the plow all right next up we got eric Knoll, who is a looming threat to humanity and
0: that really uh what 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 kind of job is that? Yeah, not really a job anymore. I don't
2: know if that's a job. Yeah, I don't think that that's a job. <laughs> it's just a thing. But I will say that through my wall staring, I have glimpsed the future, and I would say that a looming threat to humanity might be a better future than current times. So I can't say that it's a bad thing necessarily. So. Oh,
0: oh, wait. Oh, so Eric Knowles global warming. Okay. Yes. Oh,
1: God. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense.
0: All right. Gare Meldy is up next, and that is our merch store manager, which is an actual factual place. And if you're looking at this at Poppy and iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, you can go through our show notes and find a link to our merch store where we've got a couple different shirts and I think a playmat maybe? I don't know.
1: We, we're going to have to ask... Jeremiah. Some to sweatshirts, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: can you just let us know what is actually up and what and what, how much money we've got for other stuff? Because we have more shirt designs coming.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I reference old Nintendo games because that's, you know, that's, that's hip. The,
1: the, yeah, that's hip right now. That's hip and jive. So, yeah, let's do that. All right, next up, we got Patrick, and that is our office party coordinator. Um, you know, Patrick's been doing a lot of work with Phil up until we can have parties again. But, you know, we're, we're it's, Patrick's still a very valued member of the team.
2: All right, and next up, we got Filippo Scalanus, who I'm actually going to change his job for him. On the spot, he is now the assistant numerating understudy of the supervisor. Okay. Or anus. All right. Oh, of course. Of course. (laughs) There it is. There it is. is. (laughs) Oh, God because i don't want to say a word i don't want to misspeak a word and have to issue a correction again (laughs)
1: yeah our correction corner is just the same every week be like we still got it wrong i mean that's what it was for paul Kat
2: arowski (laughs)
0: yeah Uh, until we figure that one out but next up is laro who is our ceo in charge of everything so if you have any complaints you can either get to Loror or, you know, tweet Tirani.
1: Cheating yeah. yes. Yeah, of course, of course. All right, next up we got Victor, and that is Brad's first place trophy holder. Uh, you know, I mean, technically you got a metaphorical trophy of finishing the best out of all the MPL uh members. So, you know, Victor has to
2: mentally hold some stuff for you. He can hold Look, that think... near and dear to mm-hmm. his heart.
0: Yes. Look, I think Victor should just be changing that title because I don't even think it's funny because I have a lot of first place trophies. In fact, I have one just sitting by my feet and there's a bag of almonds inside of it. We now know that BBD's me.
1: world's trophy, Brad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's actually... It's actually uh, I just got it in the mail with this Cardock share that I don't like. Um, <laughs> it is the Card Kingdom Challenge 2019 winner. They One of the prizes was the Cardock share, which is really cool. Um hmm. I didn't think I got prizes because it was a charity tournament, but yeah. this this chair is killing me. It's a, it's finally made me decide to go buy a, a really nice one, though, Herman Miller.
1: So Victor has to hold your chair now, I guess? Yeah, I don't
2: really get what's uh, going Victor on. Victor could
1: have
0: my old Carnox chair. That is the job position. Oh, he's okay, got okay. to <laughs> hold
2: it. All right.
0: <laughs>
2: <clears throat> Next up, we have Dr. Unks, who is our resident proctologist and job title change and information provider related to the Cleveland Browns organization. So
1: we're we're going to throw that up one more time real quick. I want to give a quick shout out to Dr. Underscore Unks in Twitch chat for letting me know that the Cleveland Browns did just score a touchdown. I appreciate you very much because I'm trying to work here.
2: Yeah, did you guys actually know
1: Doctor Unks' new uh, proctology office is called Brown Out? So it is a double crossover. (laughs) So
2: (laughs) I was hoping that you were going exactly to that joke, and I was not disappointed.
1: You've uh, you know, you've steered me right in so many ways, and this is not one of them. But I have your sense of humor now. <laughs> I am, so. I am proud of you, Corey. <laughs>
0: all right, well, that is all we have for this week. That's about two hours, actually. Uh, thank you so much for bearing with us for an entirely long episode of the Badgers Podcast. Next yeah. week, we will be focusing more on decks and archetypes that we want to try in the the early access event slash uh, for Corey and for those who are not invited actually playing and streaming starting thursday
1: yeah and i actually haven't even bleeps. been accepted yet for it or asked how to do it so who knows if i'll actually be in it either but
0: <laughs> well maybe Corey and i'll just be watching with everyone else on on wednesday <laughs> yeah we'll see all right well thank you so much and we will see you next week A goodbye Mwah.